Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call in the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is Sunday, the 13th of March, 2016. Tonight's speaker is Gary Ray, which is also known as the White Wolf. And anytime you're ready, brother, let it roll.
place over there at Deweyville or not till next probably Tuesday or Wednesday, and then I think it was 88, the water got so high at Toledo Bend that it moved the dam just a little bit. Well, it got so damn high the other day, I think some of them got between 15 and 18 up to 20 inches, let's say in five hours of downtime, and um, it has moved the dam again. And uh, they had every floodgate that was up there open and as far as I know, it was going out every floodgate plus over the spillway. And uh, there was areas up there that seemed like that the water right below the dam, which is normally only about maybe 50 to 100 feet wide, was close to 200 or more. And uh, then as it went on down the river, you know, consequently, it was, it was uh, really, you know, coming out of the banks and hello into it. And uh, so... All these different things, you know, are there. But it's all you got to do. Put that bubble around you, your property, whatever, and everything will be fine. It'll all be all right. So, uh, anyway, Jim, throw it, let me throw it to you and see if you got something you want to direct or redirect. Thing, huh? How about it, Brother Jim? Are you in there? Yes, sir, Brother. I'm right here. Yeah, I was just throwing it back to you. I was kind of seeing if you had some kind of a redirect or something like that, you know. Uh, I got a, I'm kind of waking myself up. Uh, I wasn't prepared for it. I laid down, took me a little nap, and come wake up. And man, I was already at about 6 26 30, you know. And, I said, man, look here, do Teddy Pooh, what a day. Oh. I mean, you know. Yeah, but all of my children uh, that are volunteer fire and all the grandchildren that are volunteer fire, they're all on fire watch right now on standby. Because uh, if that dam at Toledo Bend breaks, you're looking at 130 to 160, 180-mile-long reservoir. And... Uh, I know it had close to 180 feet of water standing in it. And uh, normally it'll run about 168, 169, 173. It starts getting on up there. Uh, like right now, you know, they're they're saying that it's in the fail mode, potentially. And uh, but brother, if that thing smacks, let me tell you something. You're talking about getting a suppository. Sabine Trough, Sabine River, everything down that river, probably for five, ten miles either side of it. Man, they're going to get an enema whether they like it or not. Oh, that ain't a good scenario. Well, hey, everything works together for the good. Yes, sir, I agree with that. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Man, I'm sitting here just as dope up as I can be right now, you know, because waking up like this. But yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fine. Everything's fine, and you just got to keep telling that. You keep programming that scenario, and um, see, that's that's like Jacob. Jacob kept asking.
reading people. Uh, he knew I'd been a, uh, the uh, protege of the projects, a couple of them that uh, he was interested in. And uh, he knew that I always used being able to read people. Um, like when I do triage in the military, um, you come in, you have to scan the people, check out their symptoms, this, that, and the other. And um, at that time, see, they, they hadn't developed a computer to use. And uh, so we were the computer. And then they got to where doctors got them a computer, and you know, they didn't know nothing about diagnosing disease anymore because they had to wait for the computer to tell them what the hell was wrong with them. And uh, I never did learn like that. And uh, then after doing plastic surgery and stuff like that, you know, I got to where I could look at an individual and by observing them, I could tell, you know, what kind of medication they were on, you know, what was physically going wrong with them, um, spot defects, you know, in facial features and things like that because I was the go-to on uh, on doing real high-grade plastic realignment of lips, eyelids, eyebrows, um, things that if, man, if you, if you really can't get it, accurate and you can't do it real fine, uh, then people will be scarred for life. And uh, see, that's why when a person that has hair lip and they do reconstruction surgery, it's extremely difficult to hide that hair lip uh, line. And um, that's why you'll see a lot of men, they wear mustaches, but if they're, they're, their mustache is slightly out of line. Take Skate and Stacy Keach. Um, had a natural hair lip. Uh, um, George Nury, uh, just from observing him, I'd say he has a natural hair lip because it wasn't mustache thing. And, um, I mean, uh, uh, I put Miss Sunbowl's face back together in 69 when I came back from group. And um, um, me and a major that was a plastic surgeon I matched him suture for suture for four and a half hours, and we put over 800 sutures in her. Um, they had tried to straighten out a 90-degree turn out there on White Sands Missile Range Road coming back in from Mountain Gorda to uh, El Paso. And uh, so uh, you know, it was unusual if you were enlisted at that time, and I hadn't been to uh, OCS yet. Uh, that was still to come. And... Uh, um, anyway, um, um, I had a better touch, but I guess, you know, if you can shoot and stuff like that, your eyesight and your finger touch is extremely, um, viable, receptive, uh, uh, acute, etc. And, uh, consequently, uh, uh, Major put her breast together and I put her face together, so... But uh, you can do all kinds of these things, you know. I mean, there, there's nothing that's impossible to you if you uh, could get a handle on, on your thoughts and on your concepts and ideas. I know uh, I always had 20-10 vision. And uh, even when it was uh, later on, they told me, they said, well, man, you had at least 2015, and it's correctable to 2020. Uh, or correctable back to 2015. I said, well, what is it now? And they said, well, it's 2020. And uh, said, you have perfect vision, but that's not the extent of your vision. Well, 
I knew that I had really, really good sight. And uh, I would have probably been a a helo pilot, but uh, the fact of it is, as I was just on the edge of uh, a uh, what they would call a color flying uh, ship, I was right at the border. But because of my ability with the shooter's eye to have remote control of my right and left eyes at will, uh, man, I'd have been a perfect Apache pilot because you look into a sight glass, you know, and you keep track with everything on the left. That's what a shooter does. You look in the sight glass and you got your target there and then you're on backup, you know, on the rest. You're keeping track of the others that are in the target zone that are the objective. And uh, if you have that ability, I mean, that's unique. It's just that I learned how when I was probably eight to ten years of age. And uh, from that time forward, I can make myself look just as cock-eyed as I can be. And um, yet I'm sitting there watching every damn thing that's going on. And um, I have to tell an optometrist or an ophthalmologist if I go see him because I, I can warp their damn heads. They normally would be considered in a stigmatic-type condition. But because I can control it, it's not an astigmatism. Come on, Jim, talk to me some. Yeah, I was just thinking about, you know, when I had a conversation earlier today, some of the things <laughs> they talked about, and I mean, uh, you know, the different things that, you know, that you bring forth that causes greater insight and more in depth knowing and understanding. Yeah, anything. Um, I mean, your day-to-day, every day, I mean, to see if people would become more aware of that. Um, you're really the chooser. You're the controller. Um, you're the captain of the ship of the state of thought. Um, you're the uh, the chooser, the master of your destiny, so to speak, uh, the captain of your fate. And, uh, but, see, people don't realize it. They're, oh, God, help me. Well, God ain't looking out for me today. The devil's out there on whip-ass mode, you know. They don't realize that uh, they're giving their power away uh, because they've created the external illusion that something, someone, or whatever is in control of their life, when in reality, it's the words and the thoughts that they speak. And uh, once you can get them to understand that, they can begin to control their life. I remember when I first uh, uh, went through Silva, and I learned I could control this. There was a man that happened to be, he's dead now, but uh, they used to call him the demon chaser. And um, no names, I mean, somebody might know, and I wouldn't want to offend him or his family's memory, you know, they were really good, decent people, and he meant well, he just, he just, he just got hung up into his religious Christian belief that is not truly based on reality, but on a schizophrenic type knowledge, and uh, if you really listen to a lot of people that are Christians, you, you'll listen to them, I mean, God dang, they're really telling you they are schizoid, and, uh, but anyway, this guy had went on a 40-day fast. And uh, he was telling everybody, and he was always cheerful, and he would put on that humble act, you know, that 
uh, they didn't have to pass because he had done it for them. Bullshit. You've got to do it yourself. If you like the Reverend Mr. Black, you're going to walk that lonesome valley whether you like it or not. But he would go places and he'd see demons behind every every door or every arch or uh, he'd be up there putting the cross up, you know, with his fingers, you know, and, and here he'd go. He'd be speaking to that devil. And, I mean, it, it looked just like some crazy man walking down the road, you know. And uh, he was a hell of a master. He's the one that taught me all the ins and outs about painting uh, in a professional capacity. I mean, as far as, you know, houses and stuff, not, you know, painting paintings, but uh, which I also do, did, etc. But um, he was a fine guy. It's just that he had such a scenario going on in his mind continually that he always made you wonder if he was nine loops off planet or he was just thinking about leaving or I mean he, he never was where the rest of you were and uh, there was nothing you could tell him I mean he is already there and uh, no matter how good bad or indifferent uh, he, he was he was a very unique man some skilled man but I'm telling you you could get off on some of these crazy ass beliefs and uh, I'll hear him say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. I said, yep, there's been a lot of people burned at the stake by so-called Christians. There's been a lot of people martyred, everything out of the sun. I said, you have to stop and think. And um, I was watching a study uh, between Islam and Christianity of uh, which uh, aspect was bloodier. Those that followed the Quran, those that followed the... Uh, let's say the King James, the Holy Bible. And when they got through doing the study just on a peripheral across-the-board basis, just by computer analysis, Christianity was the bloodier of the two religions. Notice, religion. They're really all under the auspices of Rome because they both come from that aspect. And uh, people don't realize that. Well, when you deal with Islam, you deal with Christianity, and you deal with Judaism, you're looking at, that's like the three prongs on a priest's meat hook that uh, reaches into the, the flesh pot cauldron of offerings and grabs a piece of meat. Now, some of them, like hot mind them, they want to eat theirs raw. They want to roast it. They want to do a different type of mechanism. And yet they're all dealing with thought. It's how you use them. Some of the priests uh, stood at the gate. And Pop nine them, uh, they slept with every woman out there, so to speak. I mean, it didn't make no damn difference who she was. And eventually the fire came out of the temple and burnt their ass up. you got to remember, you're the temple. And so your judgment, the thoughts in your mind, bring those things to you. And that fire of indecision or self-guilt, if thy conscience condemn you not, then you have power with God. Well, if your conscience is condemning you, consequently then it's just tearing your ass up. There ain't no devil out there doing it. You the SOB that's doing the program, stoking the fires and, and throwing on the wood. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, Gary, uh, Michael Joseph here. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing fine, brother. How about you? Oh, doing well, doing well. Um, last week, um, someone here on the call asked me to to 
to do a study on the Song of Songs. And uh, so I started, you know, really digging in to create a commentary on it. And, uh, you know, started in the first seven verses, and I got about 15 pages. <laughs> I realized, you know, the Song of Songs is just so rich. I mean, you could literally write a 100-page, you know, on the Song of Songs easily. Uh, but um, anyway, I just... One of the things that I just wanted to share that came to me um, this week, you know, I was just walking through a flea market of all places um, Saturday, and I looked down, and I know it's going to sound real strange, but I noticed I had two two legs, and um, and it dawned on me, you know, the scripture where it talks about how Jesus had to wash their feet, mm-hmm. and Peter Peter said. Um, Hey, you know, I, I don't want you washing my feet, you know. Yeah. And Jesus said to him, "You don't <laughs> really good. know what you're saying." That's good. And, yeah, well, boy, that's the truth. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it dawned on me that my feet—I got two legs. Everything is dual in man. I got two yeah. legs, and absolutely, uh, and both the feet are on the on the earth. And so, really, that's. That's the two bond women, and that is the two aspects of uh, my lower self, left and right, that have to be washed. And 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 uh, Jesus said, "Hey, look, man, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you're gonna have no part with me." Yeah. See, Jesus you being know. that enlightened state, see that conscious mind had to wake up. You so absolutely on point. And uh, if if he don't wash the twelve faculties of our thoughts, see, we're like the tent of Jacob in the sense of the zoological, the animal nature, if you will. Well, then it dawned on me that I have a head. I, I know this sounds crazy, but you know, if you really look at your own self, your own physical body, it tells you a lot of things. I mean, notice that your head doesn't touch the earth. That's correct. And we're we are, we are Nebuchadnezzar's beast. We really are. We're Nebuchadnezzar's yeah. beast. That's it. So the head the head is of gold. The head are, you know, the thoughts so anyway what happened was is I like I said, I was walking through a flea market and I and I stumbled across a guy who was Jamaican and he has his dread and I started talking with him. And I asked him, I said, I said, Rastafari? And he said, he goes, Yaman. I said, uh, you take the vow of the Nazarite? Yaman. And I yeah. said, um, I Sheba, Sheba used the, the, the dreads. That's where that really goes back to. See, that's why Sheba and Jacob were equated, because they're both the destroyer of the world of illusion. But yes, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. That is good. Well, I mean, you know, we just got to talking, and I realized he had an onk on his finger. And I said, um, "I said, will anyone help a widow's son?" He said, "He said, um, my father was a high-level traveler. He said, I, I never uh, took an oath, but he taught me well." And I said, um, "I said, I understand what it means to travel from the west to the east." And um, I said, "We'll just change out the horses, and we'll let the white horse lead us. How about that?" And we so we met on that plane. And uh, and we had a really kind of a cool talk, you know, for about fifteen oh, twenty yeah. minutes. And uh, um, 
But I asked him, I said, hey, man, what about this, this guy, this emperor um, that they say the Rastafari, you know, worship? Ali, uh, Ali M. Selassie. And yeah, and he Ali said, man, he said that was first. just all, you know, because when he arrived, oh. doves, doves appeared in a certain sect within the Rastafari who were looking to bring yeah. it down, made it up in order to, to bring down the uh, the movement, you know, to tear it down. And he said, he said, this is just a man. I said, exactly. I said, I knew this had to be some kind of uh, social, you know, program in order to tear down something that was good because I said, I study the scriptures, man, and I understand the vow of the Nazarite and what it means to shave the head. Because the head's on top. The head doesn't touch the earth until it lays down to sleep, you know, until you're yeah. dead. And... And so that which grows out of the head uh, symbolizes that which grows from the heavens, and uh, and that which you know grows from the head grows down to touch the earth. The the sons and the daughters of God, the thoughts and desires, and so that he who is a Nazarite guards the flock of shepherds, the flock of God, and the shepherd is the first one to see Christ. Yeah. You know the shepherds in the field guarding the flocks. Uh, we're the first ones to see Christ. So, you know, let us be that shepherd. Let us be that one who guards over, who who washes the feet, who who restores the path of old, to who you know, who cures the schism, the breach within, so that we two within can become one. You know. Yeah. And see, the, uh, another thing with the Rasta is the fact that um, when you look at uh, they all wear a. Uh, a braided or a woven type of cap, mostly to cover their dreads, you know. They only let their dreads down for somebody that they consider worthy of seeing them. And yet, uh, see, like Bob Marley was, uh, they called him a black magician because he was doing things that was contrary to the papal see, but he come from Jamaica, Yamaka, Yamaka. So if you watch them, they're wearing a Yamaka or Yamakan. Uh, whether Jewish, um, uh, Islamic, or to some extent, say the Rasta, but they're telling you about a covering of the head. Well, you know, Bob Marley has a song, um, "Get Up, Stand Up, Get Up, Stand Up for Your Rights," and he he, he has a lyric in there that says, "We know and we understand, uh, Mighty God is a living man." Yes, and he is. <laughs> so we, you know, we understand that God is spirit and the days coming are now when we worship and in spirit and in truth. So all of this clapping hands and all that, that's all that's all fine and good. But that's really just emotion run awry. And um, yeah. he says, uh, you know, they say, oh, the spirit's in here tonight. No, it's not. It's just emotion. It's the emotional woman just, uh, again, with the, the Red Sea. We can't cross over, you know. But... Yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, I was talking to a guy today and I said, look, look at society. And I said, you see how society, we were, someone asked me about the mark of the beast, that tired old thing, you know? And I said, the mark of the beast has been around ever since man has been on the earth. And, and when I say man, what I mean by man, I'll be real careful now. You know, the scripture talks about man as being a regenerated state of being. That's why Jesus is called the Son of Man. Yes. In other words, the sixth day 
regenerated, uh, I'm going to call the male and female form, the creature, because that's what the Bible calls it. And, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, Genesis 1 and 2 is God working in the life of what's called the beast of the field or the natural being. Um, so we're all born natural. It's like a Cain or, or an Esau, a, a, a you know, uh, of the world. And, and, and instead of Esau, he was of the field. So that natural mind or that natural state is considered from the heavenly perspective a beast. You know, it's um, carnal, fleshly, lustly, um, and um, and it has to be washed and made clean and pure, and that's why Jesus told Peter, "You you just don't understand. I, the, your yeah. feet have to be washed." I got to wash your understanding, boy. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know the, uh, the feet, even though it, it's at the bottom of the being, the feet touch the earth. So the feet, the two feet represent that which is um the the first state of man of of the I'll say of the creature which is natural and then the head represents that which would be the second state or the end state of uh of the work uh which is spiritual you know yeah so it's yeah, like the sixth state stone. man yeah that stone uh, that rock of uh, of unchanging law hit him in his feet and his toes in his understanding because that understanding was mingled with a state of mind of power and might, so to speak, mingled with the weakness of, say, Shechem, the bending down of his back, just like Abraham's journey. And um, it eventually will chew up all the kingdoms until we realize, you know, that we're really an aspect of the higher divine kingdom. We're not limited to just gold, silver, bronze, brass, uh, iron, and iron and clay. I mean, all of these things are just potentials that we can control over. And um, so when you start talking songs of Solomon, uh, MJ, you're, you're a deep mind. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you've done enough study and and the kind of thought that you're doing. And the development is to listen to you over time and watch you bloom. You're like a rose. Shit, I mean, you started off, you were just like a little boutonniere, you know, just a bud, so to speak. And <laughs> and I've watched you and listened to you, and you, I knew you were sharp and brilliant even when I first met you. And, uh, and you're no less sharp and brilliant now. But, and not to blow smoke up your bootay or nothing, but... I mean, you can observe people that have applied themselves in certain skill sets. It's like uh, some people, they say they're a carpenter, and hell, the only thing they can do is draw a line, use a square and cup with a saw. That's not a carpenter. Right. Uh, right. It's really kind of a helper, you know, but nevertheless, he, he's not a real carpenter. But uh, Or you might get down to a fellow that uh, he may know something about drafting, but damn, he is no... He is no electrical or mechanical engineer when it comes to drafting. I mean, and and yet all these skills you have, I mean, you have them naturally. Uh, I mean, I well, listen to thank you. thank you for that. But you're, you're ascending. You're ascending to the level that you are now able to mingle heaven and earth in this sense. You're able to have the bridge of knowing the literal, physical, external, and applying it to that spiritual, symbolic, uh, mental, instrumental, instructional aspect and use it 
because as you learn to develop it, you're having to develop it in you or like in group. You can watch one, you can do one, you can teach one. But goddamn, don't get over here and expect you're going to train a team if you don't know crap about it because you're dealing with the best of the best, you know. So you're really stepping on up to the plate. And you have that kind of potential, that kind of capability. Just, you know, I mean, I'm well aware of, of the type of man that you are. And a very, very good, a beautiful thing to be able to observe and listen to. Charlie, love you, baby. Go ahead, man. Well, um, thank you for that. And I, I, so, Pacholi was the one who got me going on the Song of Songs. And I said, okay, I told her last week, <laughs> I said, to teach the Song of Psalms, you have to be prepared to teach it because it's so deep and it's such a personal thing about the, the personal resurrection and a personal, um, I'm going to say it like this, I'm going to say it like a sexual thing, but it's not sex. It's it's a um, it's a mental, spiritual union um, okay, within. Yeah, you did. And it, it is sex, though. It well, is sex. it is. It is, and, it, and, really and I'm a fan, like, like, okay, so this is, okay, it's funny, okay, you, you kind of pushed me to, to this, and I, and I will say it like this, is that, is that, that if, you're, exactly, if, you're, is that, if you're even cohabiting mentally with Pacholi, you did with one hot, viable, knowledgeable woman, you understand, <laughs> I mean, I know where you're coming from, I mean, she's a wonderful gal, she really is. Well, what I was what I was saying is that, like, I look at the male, I look at myself, and I say, okay, how do I procreate? How how if if I want to bring forth a child, what are the functions? And there, you know, I mean, let's just be we're adults here. Let's we're talking in private. There has to be an ejaculatory response in the male in order for mm-hmm. that per, that creation to happen. Well, inside of us, of every single one of us, as that energy arises there has to be an ejaculatory effect in in the in the temple room which expands the higher mind and the potential for the the the, the connections um, um as as they, they talked about it in the old testament throw the hyssop into the fire and that hyssop allows for growth to occur between the wall and of course the wall would be the corpus callosum and it basically is allowing for these uh neural connections to be established uh which opens up um the higher mind to um a lot more potential and so then you're like Saul the people say to you they say man we knew you when you were a complete numbskull where'd you get this wisdom you know what I mean and then by that time you (laughs) moved on to David you know what I'm saying absolutely absolutely so you know I came across uh Isaiah 4-2 um, the other day, you know, looking at um, the understanding of seven, wo- seven, seven women taking a hold of one man and, and understanding the man being, you know, mind and the women being states of being or creation within us. The seven women, if you look to the Old Testament, it's uh, Eve through uh, the bond servants, you know, Eve, Sarah, yeah. Rebecca, all right, Leah. All right, and and then um, in verse two it says, "In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them who are escaped of Israel." And I thought, "Aha! Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. So if I'm if, if I'm a branch, then I'm a branch of the Lord." And then it says, "We beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth." Well, the fruit of the earth is is the, my two feet. In other words my two feet had been washed 
And yeah. now the fruit which it's bringing forth is beautiful. It's no longer poisonous. And and those who can do this have escaped of Israel. And and what that tells me, they've escaped the governmental and religious the the religious and governmental systems of the world. And they're unbound by that now because they realize, in fact, they can look within themselves and see the interplay between emotion and and um, and mind, and then they can understand how the world is being manipulated through advertising, because you can understand that red woman who's who's within you that is looking to pull you away from purpose, you know, be it desire, be it whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and and so if you understand your internal workings, then you can understand how the world is being manipulated through. Uh, through, um, uh, like I say, advertising. And uh, so now you understand the mark of the beast has always been there. It, yes, it, it, absolutely. It, it's, it's been there since the very beginning. And it, the beast, the beast uh, is, the, um, is the carnal lower self. And yeah, so you see, a lot of people think that Adam is really the beginning of the creation, but he was not. That's right. That's right. Uh, Adam was like the afterthought, the end, uh, the end aspect, and and um, see, like Is, um, Ra, and El. In reality, those are the three main warrior women: conscious sub and superconscious mind. But it's telling you different aspects of illumination. Ra's in the middle because the menorah is in the middle, and so when you deal with your seven chakras or um, the seven nadis or um, uh, the uh, he had the seven seals, the seven candlesticks, the seven churches. You're dealing with the chakra in, uh, endocrine system and its various vibrational frequencies that you've learned to open. And see, like with Pacholi, I mean, that's why I love her. Even her her name is referring, or her nature characteristic by the flag title is a sweet sever, a sweet smell. And yet it's got an earthiness to it. And so when you begin to listen to her or interact with her, and uh, we uh, we begin to, to see that interaction of that feminine nature that's really within us because we begin to learn to realize that we're taught by the woman of the tent. We truly become the seed of the woman and, and see the womb man. Without that knowledge, we cannot change and transform. And see, this is the thing. I mean, I've listened to you, like I said, when you started. And I've listened to you now, and I've watched you. Um, <laughs> I mean, a wise man observes a wise man. I mean, it's, that's just the way it is. But anyway, go ahead, brother. I love you. Oh, well, uh, thank you for that, man. I um, And I have said um, numerous times that... Um, when I first started coming to uh, this call, I had to put most of what I heard on the shelf. I wasn't, there was no um, foundation prepared for which I could come to, to this level. I had to experience certain things before, you know, I could, my mind was able to receive a lot of things that are talked about on this call. And, uh, and I, you know, I, as I've come along this journey, um, 
I know it's true. You cannot eat at strong meat in front of those who are still on the on the milk. It's impossible to do so. You will make them stumble. Oh yeah, and yet be careful uh, what you have. See, that's why I can't really give all the five out because, uh, and I can't even think about going to six and seven because they're not prepared for that knowledge. And and see, I've had some of them. They'll call me and they'll say, well. Um, well, I'm ready for this, I'm ready for that, and I realize I know good and well they're really not. And and so you have to tell them then why you can't tell them, but you have to do it in such a way you don't discourage them. And uh, there's several women that are on this call that have various levels of spiritual connectivity, etc. And they're each on their journey, but they're each at different levels of understanding uh, there's a lady that's in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and damn, she is really a fine, fine lady. But um, so we have to be careful; we don't become possessory. Um, our nature—we've been trained by the rivers of Babylon, and yes. consequently, it's in a, a an ascendancy. Who can get the most toys, the most boys, the most toys, you know, and and ride over the rest of them. And uh, see, one of these days, the people over yonder in Houston is going to wake up about Joel Osteen, and they're going to get yeah. that out of reckless, and they're going to find out that it's more than just an external hoop, scop, hop, skip, jump, hello. You know, I mean, it's more than a damn uh, a cheerleader deal. And see, this is the unique thing with you. You have learned to do this, and uh, you you grow more and more, and um, I mean, uh, it's it's going to get to the point that you will even have to be very careful how you say something. Because Already. what it's going to do and is doing to people. I mean, there's people that you've been around that they're going to get to where they can't walk in the same uh, uh, trail that you walk in or ride in the same creek or paddle a piro in the same boat. They, they can't go there because their mind is not ascended to those levels of insight and understanding. And see, I mean, I love Patrolling God. She she studies her butt off. You've got to give credit where credit is due, just like I'm doing to you. Well, um, exactly what you're saying is true. Um, I had a guy actually uh, reach out to me, and he was just projecting upon me that which is his uh, – he was trying to make me his man king. And he, he was telling me, be careful what you say, because, you know, sometimes you come across as being authoritative as if this is the way it is. And I told him. I said, I, yep. I I have this kind of um, thing where I sit down in front of the computer. I can type about 120 words a minute. So I sit in front of the computer, and what flows into my head is what comes out on the computer screen. And and I can put together 10,000 words in no time at all, and, and the, the verses, the, 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 the biblical connections, they just flow into my head. If I had to sit down and actually make a outline, it would take me forever. But if I just sit down and just let it flow and don't yeah. try so to, that, you know, control it. Yeah, it I do know. Out. That's exactly the way I write when I write. Because uh, I give the program that it will flow in and through my mind and through my fingers. And I'll be able to be a vehicle that the particular type or required amount of light, illumination, knowledge will be manifest in and through what I'm saying in such a fashion that others can understand it. It doesn't make any difference how damn delicate we think we are. 
if we can't transfer that knowledge to someone else and we failed. And see, this, this is the thing that you're developing right now. Um, uh, you're aware of it. And, and I'm really thankful as well because, I mean, I'm still learning. Uh, yes. That's why I was teaching White uh, Spotted Owl. Uh, my my grandson, someone said, why would you teach him about how to pick up women, how to pick up men's wives and everything? And I said, because if he understands this, he will understand and pay attention to facial features, mannerisms, uh, modes of thought, uh, intent with the eye, whatever. I said, I have to teach him the skills of how to do body language, real body language. I yes. said, now, if I teach him how to pick up a man's wife, I'm also having to teach him why that woman wants to be picked up. What the hell is that man not doing? I said, if well, I don't teach it, him both sides of the creek, that's I don't what teach I was him both about. sides of I'm sorry, Gary. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, if I don't teach him both sides of the creek, then I'm not really preparing him because for me to, uh, to teach him something he's interested in, use, use his desire to educate him. I can then teach him something else. I said, but if I only give him a piece of this knowledge and I do not let him see that there's another aspect of it, he will learn eventually from his discoveries not to trust me because he will know that I withheld information or was ignorant of it. I said, I must prepare him. Give him the tools so that he can choose. Then he will continue to listen. They looked at me a minute, and it was my wife, you know, and she said, God, the way you think. But see, that's the way you have to think. If you're a warrior, you got to teach people how to fight. But the main thing is you got to teach them how to stay alive. Well, if you, if you teach how to pick up another man's wife, what you're really doing, if the student is careful, is teaching him how to guard his own house. Absolutely, absolutely. Because now you understand the mechanisms through the emotional connection, because typically the woman is emotional. And so I mean, I'm not stereotyping. I mean, they're very strong mental. Um, we're all male and female in that regard in the analogy. But, but um, when you see... How to how the emotion is manipulated uh, via advertising, uh, which is greed, lust, fear. Um, then you learn to guard your own house, you know, and now you learn about your own emotional state. Because you know, men effectively, and I am going to stereotype, are emotional midgets. Very intellectual, typically. But emotionally, a woman can kick our ass ten ten days out of ten, and you oh know, yeah, I mean we cannot yeah, enter represent- that realm. You know, and I'm telling you that that is so true. See, like nine and Pacholi, they're they're talking back and forth. They're saying the same thing we're saying right now, and, <laughs> and they're they're realizing that. I mean, they can't take and get in here and communicate with people that's outside of this. See, that's why, yeah, uh, you know, strong me. Some of you got to go back to Pablum. They don't have no teeth. They're still baby sucking on the tits, so to speak. Yeah. And and yeah. It, you can't tell them that because if you do, it pisses them off. 
You know, what do you mean I'm a baby? I mean, oh, damn, I mean, I've been studying this for three months. Hell, I don't know it all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> not laugh at their face, you know, but, I mean, that's, oh, it's, MJ, thank you. This is really good. You keep going. I'm listening. I just enjoy okay. the hell out of it. And I love Joey. I mean, she can make you think. And, see, this is why uh, certain women, they have high sexually powerful or active potential natures. And they have tremendous ability because that emotion has to have an outlet. Well, see, the, the sub-superconscious mind is a woman. She's feminine. She has to have the outlet. That's why she's the teacher of the house. If you have a bent nail for a tent, it's because you developed her wrong. Mm. See, I mean, that's the story of Ishmael, the wild ass. And uh, and if, if we don't get instruction from a man on a faraway journey that comes and, and uh, <laughs> finally tells us that we need to replace the nail in our house, she's going to tell us. She's going to tell us exactly what the hell they told her. Because that's the nature of the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And she's the mother of her children. If if she's been defective in the way we've taught her or her beliefs, etc., then we have those situations. So yet we're looking at ourselves as we grow up. And so the song of Solomon, the song of those that have the knowledge of light, light, and light, or the song of those that have the light in the minds. So they have the understanding of how to operate that middle sub and superconscious mind. In the oh, yes. You're right on it. Go ahead, son. You, I mean, oh. you well, I mean, Pachola asked me to look into the Song of Solomons and to, to teach it, and you cannot oh, keep she, the Song of Solomons. She's got a way of doing that. She's done this. She, she knew that she could sit there and say the right thing and goad me into going and look at her little heart. Oh, I love her. <laughs> well, all you got to do is just have someone speak that life into you, and you'll go do it, you know. And um, I can remember the first time I met this one lady down um down east about six years ago. I met her for the first time, and she looked at me right in the eyes and said, she said, you're going to do wonderful things. She said, you're going to write and say incredible things. And I said, I can't hardly put two words in front of each other, you know. I mean, I was a horrible writer back then. She said, it doesn't matter, you know. And and today, you know, I can string 20,000 words in less than, you know, 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, but here's, you know, I, I so I really dug into. I was looking, praying for connections, and the song of songs. The the woman, she's like, it's really beautiful. And just to show you how intimate it is, she says, um, she says, look not upon me because I am black, because the sun had looked upon me. My mother's children were angry at me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, plural. But my own vineyard have I not kept. And you see, we got got to learn the vineyard, you know, the place where the the flocks are kept. The the flocks, Abel was the shepherd that kept the flocks of God. Abel is the second state, the spiritual state. Um, Abel kept the flock, the shepherd in the field, um, they were the first ones to see Christ. They kept the flocks. And so 
um, we have to keep our own vineyard. And so this led me into the idea of, um, you know, Jeremiah 12, where it says, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard and made it desolate. Well, that's religion. You know, they taught you all sorts. They taught you the emotional side, and they taught you the stories. And, yes, I knew the stories like the back of my hand, but I hadn't kept my vineyard, okay? I hadn't kept my vineyard. And uh, so it, so then the cry within is, tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feed, feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? And then, and then, you know, the that's the Shekinah, you know, within the higher self within you, saying, "Hey, you know, <laughs> notice at noon too, it's strength, right? The Ra, he is Ra, the sun at at high noon, man, in its strength and its glory. Where do you make your flocks to rest at noon? You know, and if and if thou know not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way uh, forth of the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. And that's and then that's where it, it led me. Right, that verse right there led me to Peter. I have to wash your feet. Absolutely. You Absolutely. don't understand why, but you will. Yep. And and what that means is is if you come to it now, it's like Bob Dylan said in the It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only, you know, Science. He said, to understand, you know, too soon. And, you know, you if you come to it, wonderful. You come to it. If, the, if that resurrection comes comes today as a thief in the night and you come to this awakening state and the Christ child is born in you, and and then you know I get to this to this um, a little further here. I'm gonna go ahead and skip ahead to it because um, I just I just have to go here. And he says, "Behold, thou art fair, my beloved; yea, pleasant also. Our bed is green." And you know, I was talking to a guy last week, and I said, "Hey, man," I said, "I'll listen to you, and I'll entertain what you have to say if you can do one thing. Tell me what that verse means." And I did the thing where Jesus said, hey, you know, tell me. Tell me about the baptism that John did. Well, for what, where did he get his authority? Yeah. And, and religion doesn't know. Religion just says you just dunk your head in water and you're cool. Well, they don't know. They don't know what the, bad, the true baptism is. That's and right. now, behold, our bed is green. And... You know, you go to this beautiful place in Psalm 23 where he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no even. He says, For thou makest me lie down in what color pastures? Green pastures for thy name's sake. For thy name's sake. That's the common color, the light man's color. Green and 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 so yeah, I found and and I and I know this by my experience because I when I started meditating um, a while back I called you up on one of these calls and I said hey man I came to a point where my my vision was flooded in like an emerald green and what is that you know and and I know what it means to 
behold, our bed is green. And and this is all of a sudden, St. Paul, you know, um, he says um, that he knew a man, and and whether he was in the body or out of the body, didn't know, and he, he went to the third heaven. And I think that our bed is green is that place. It's that place where you meet Christ in the air, the third uh, state of consciousness of air, the the place of the third heaven where the bed is green, and you consummate the the. Um, that's why I said at the beginning the sexual um, union. Uh, uh, there has to be an ejaculatory response in the head, which you call the chrism or the inner anointing which then allows for um, um, exponential expansion um, of, of um, utility um, within within that being. You know what I mean? Yes, I that is, right? that's, a, that's an exact effect that occurs in the brain. Once you trigger certain aspects of thought, and see, that's why I, I, I keep telling them, explaining to them, I know sex has been made taboo and you think it's bad, but sex is the closest thing there is that you could feel in the physical realm to enter into this higher spiritual realm. It is the gate, the door. That is the valley of the Hore, the enlightened priestess. See, if, you, if you're a Hori, you're really a priest of Horus, the one of quick, speedy sight, insight. These people, they've looked at the vulgarity of a thing, but they have not looked at the insight meaning of what the thing, the symbol, meant. And see, this is this is something that's unique with you. Um, very few, few people can grasp some of the idiomatic, uh, metaphorical, signature language concepts that are hidden in Scripture, and you are one of those that can do that. Uh, Pacholi's another one. Uh, there's different ones, like I said, they're at different levels. Uh, that lady that's in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, little gal, I mean, uh, hell, she is just sharp as a damn tack. She reminds me a lot in research in many ways of, say, Gypsy Eyes and Pacholi. But Pacholi is really different in certain ways because of. She, she's like an aspect of the superconscious mind, except in a female form, and yet it allows you to see how these things interact within our own mind frame, and um, you are observing that. Um, please continue on. I mean, excellent, excellent insight. Well, okay, thank you. Uh, so, so like at um, verse nine, for instance, Song of Solomon one nine. He says, I have compared it. I mean, imagine imagine telling your, your spouse this one, okay? I mean, you're going to love this one. I mean, she is really going to love this one, all right? Mm-hmm. I have compared thee, oh, my love, to a company of horses and pharaoh's chariots, <laughs> you know. I mean, man, is she going to love you for that one, right? <laughs> yeah, I told Tony when I said, man, I said, boy, I'm here to tell you, you're a hot mare, honey. <laughs> And it, 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 initially, it took offense with her, but I said, "You got to remember." I said, "Where we're from?" I said, the "Horses, cattle, etc." I said, "Man, if you got a hot mare, you got one of the finest things in the country." So I'm not uh, throwing down on you. I'm giving you a, 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 a saddle up, a foot up, so to speak. But yeah, I understand exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> you're as a company of horses. Oh yeah, darling. <laughs> All right. So, so look. So verse one nine sparked 
something that I had known for a while, but all of a sudden, you know, you've got the four horses, and they're called the four horses of the apocalypse, and people are afraid of that term apocalypse, and yet all it means is the four horses of revelation or inner revealing. Okay, so each one of these horses is a different state of consciousness. So as you you were led, you were led by one of these horses. As you look east, you're led by the white horse because the white horse comes from the east. Okay, so so that's what we're wanting, you know. As if you're if you're led by your um, your fears, your inner desires, your your lust, you know, like like a, uh, Adam Curtis with his uh, wonderful uh, presentation uh, called the Century of the Self, and it goes into you know Freud's nephew Bernays and how Bernays understood the psyche and that he was able to manipulate the public beast mind. The public, um, yeah, the public beast mind, I guess it said, through just giving it whatever it wants. And that, the public being manipulated through its beastly carnal mind is is following the red horse. That's following the red horse. The red horse is out in front. So he says, I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses and Pharaoh's chariots. Now, Pharaoh... There's, remember, man has two legs, so there's a duality. So Pharaoh is either the king of the carnal mind or it's the king in the higher mind, depending on how, how you know you want to look at it. So notice that the chariot is being towed by the horse. So, so then whatever's out in front, if you're turned towards the east, you're being led by the white horse. And, yeah, or, or, or the red-white aspect, the upper and the lower kingdom. Which aspect of this Pharaoh are you dealing with? Yes, absolutely. Or Billy might be the war king. Oh, yes, great analogies. So so now, it, it okay, now, like I said, I'm reminded of something from years ago. The writers were not lazy when they wrote Jesus Christ versus Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is the spirit couched in the symbol. So when you look at um, the white horse, there is a spiritual meaning couched inside of that symbol. So the symbol itself, and if you read the story, then you're you're left with an emotional response about some man riding a white horse, which means pretty much nothing to you, right? But the symbol, the spiritual, because St. Paul said we know that the letter of the law leads to death. The story doesn't really help you at all, but we know that the spirit gives life. The light that's hidden in that symbol is symbolized in in the name Christ Jesus. Okay, and yeah, that's the mind. Um, that's, the spirit, that's, the mind. That's, the that's spirit, involution. the mind. Yeah, you, I'm just trying to interject here because I know that there are people ask me, why do y'all use spirit all the time? It really means mind. In the Greek, it's 4151 Strong's, uh, and the key, uh, key to the uh, Greek English lexicon theories, etc. And 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 he's telling you the life is within the mind. And um, I mean, uh, you're you're listening to deep insight, but yet you have to realize that many of us speak from areas that we are predominantly taught and built up in. And uh, uh, a very strong, uh, I, I'm not saying this derogatorily, 
but I'm saying this in the sense that MJ has a very strong Christianized type of background, and 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 I do too, as far as that goes. But it's it's what we were brought up in the the breakdown of those scriptures, the literal uh, grammacy of those words, and how we apply them or use them. And and you're listening to a man that's explain, uh, explaining to you and teaching you um, a very high level of literally um, um, orthodox style Christianized knowledge, and yet he's showing you the insights and how he has bloomed and come to the spiritualized state. And so now you're seeing the wisdom. And uh, see, Aaron, double A, that is plowing in two aspects. Alice Tibet, Abraham, Alice Tibet, you're plowing inside the kingdom. If he's a double A, he's plowing into the second aspect, the higher order. And and so uh, uh, Ra, it's an enlightened state. He can change the hammock condition because ham is considered as a curse, and yet if you break the terms down, you're going through another window, and you're going, Alice Tibet. And so Alice Tibet, you're circular, a spinning the feminine aspect into its various forms. And this, this is what you're seeing. This is what you're hearing with this man. Uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant young man. And, and, and I, I don't, I'll tell you the secret. Mom told me this, and you have to remember it. You can't take Yahweh's glory to you. His glory he will not take and give to another. That high divine aspect. But son, if you do this, you hide that word in your heart that you send not against this principle, this concept. I see you doing it. I listen to you uh, revealing it all the time. And that's a wonderful trait. And um, David was a man after the creator's own heart. David, the priest king. You learn those concepts as you are doing and you're putting forth and the diligent effort you keep putting behind this. And I'm going to tell him this, and I'm going to laud him for this, because, damn it, I'm hoping the rest of you will do the same thing. These are wonderful traits. It will give you great power in the end. And if you can understand what he's saying, and I hope that I have been able to bring forth the same type of instruction, uh, folks, let me tell you something. There's nothing that you cannot do or accomplish it's strictly inside of you. Please, MJ, continue on. Okay, so so I'm going to say on the, on the concept of of Christ Jesus, and you just conceptually get down with the symbol is Jesus, and the Spirit is Christ embedded in the. So, like for instance, when you read. Adam, and then you read, you know, Seth, and you read the lineage on down to Noah. Don't look at a man, per se. I mean, there has many outworkings of this, depending on where you are on Jacob's ladder, but you could look at Adam as the first church. You could, and you can look at the lineages of Enoch as the seventh church, and then they got to a point where they decided they were going to write it down uh, and preserve it for the posterity. Okay, and so there's many different outworkings, and the light of understanding, you know, if you were, if someone was to break down Genesis for you like that, and you're looking at Adam as a church, then you realize there were many trees in the garden of God. The trees, how many times do we have to read it in Scripture that Israel is compared as a cedar of Lebanon? I mean, 
and that and that the men of righteousness are are the the, the righteous plantings they they are called trees of righteousness in in the scriptures so many trees in the garden of god and so when you said out front that adam was necessarily the first you're exactly right all right um I, I like to reckon Adam as the first noble man, the first man of divine purpose. And when I say man, I am not talking about a um, a male or female. I am talking about a um, a um, I, I will call it a state. Um, I will call it a church. However, you want to call it. I don't care what word you use. Um, and and so. You know, you're looking at Christ Jesus as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Listen to it. Listen to it. The Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And so spirit involuted into matter. And Jesus Christ is spirit evoluting, evolving from matter into Back to back to source. So you know you you read these things and you you read right right past it and you say, well, yeah, it says right here uh, uh, Jesus Christ, and right over here it says Christ Jesus. But the writers were very specific on the terms that they chose, and when it says Christ Jesus, they chose that for a specific reason. And don't read past it. Because there is a lesson, and when they say Jesus Christ, they put it that way for a specific reason. Absolutely, absolutely. See that that so, that's like reading facial definition, and the um, the idiomatic and and uh, applications of a facial feature, a thought, a mannerism, and uh, see that's why they call judges um, and as a protege in that project. Uh, one they taught how to. Think I think a computer, you know, the human mind. And the other was the facial pattern recognition, etc. How to read a person like a book. And uh, man, the colonel was great, you know, in that methodology, uh, Forrest Gregg and and uh, so forth. But that that's really what you're doing. You're you're reading the mannerisms, the pattern of uh, those that have certain types of characteristics. That's what's being revealed. It's revealed uh, in the sense of its consciousness told as a story in action. Well, um, I'm going to continue here um, now because um, I started with um, with um, Peter's got to wash his feet, which is a symbol for um, the lower beastly self in 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 the uh, the creature, the male or the female form. Um, and now we come to, and we talked about how the head represented that which is heavens and, and of the heavenly estate, and how we go back to Genesis now, to chapter 1, and we read he separated the waters from the waters. So right here we have duality. Right there you have the lower waters or the truths that have a little bit of error. That's the truth of Babylon, which... Uh, the the Ur of the Chaldees, and you go back and you look at the word Ur, and you see that Ur means light. Look it up. Ur means light, and so there is a state of light 
where we think that we're doing pretty good, but compared to the true light, it's darkness. And Abraham was told, get up and go. You know, leave. And, uh, you know, and then we, we read in, um, in that, that this Adam, he was naked. He lost his light garment. And his, and his shame, you know, his shame was um, um, revealed to all that look on. And, and we're told to awaken and put back on the beautiful garments. In the book, in Revelation, the Apocalypse tells us that uh, that we are to put on the white linen. Well, if you're going to look up that word "light," the word is "lucas," and it means it means it, it doesn't mean white. It, the word "lucas" means light, and and we're told to put them back on. So so we have a separation between the feet and the head, and we notice that between the feet and the head is the neck. You know, and I know this is like, well, no, duh, the neck. Well, look in the mirror and see it, and then re- listen to this. He says, thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. And now we know that the gold is good, and that, and, and we know that, that the, the rich man comes along, and he says, good master. And Jesus says, why are you calling me good? Yeah. He said, there is none who is good. But of God, but the book of Genesis says that that the land, the gold in that land is good. So yeah. gold is associated with God, and we notice that around the neck is chains of gold. Yeah, and see, like says, when they use when they use hemp and cana and cannabis and the marriage beast of Canaan, Kanak, and they they're referring to uh, a particular type of plant, male and female. So here we have an androgyny, the duality in matter, and it has the ability to trigger a, a minimal opening at alpha gate, and depending on how they refined it, it could open more. And see, this is why governments have been so against it, is because it can open the spiritual aspects of man. They're afraid that man will leave them, just like right now. They're leaving the establishment over Trump. It doesn't make any difference whether he's good, bad, or indifferent. He has got their attention. He's saying what they're thinking. And the rest of them, they're trying to fish or cut bait. And if you listen to him, I wouldn't put Kucinich in on a damn bet. He is nothing but the same shit that uh, Romney and the rest of them are. And see, this is the thing. I mean, who gives a damn? Let them go. We're going to get good people. We're going to get bad people. How are we going to get them on the basis of our thought? And that's exactly what you're putting forth in reality because uh, we're opening up to these aspects. And as we see them, these wonderful things begin to take and manifest. Um, please continue, brother. I mean, I think you're just doing a wonderful job myself. Okay, so now I'm going to come to my number. My number is 111. I see it everywhere in my life. And I, and and when I came to this verse and saw verse chapter one verse eleven, and saw what I saw, and I saw into the depths of the verse, I I just was like blown away because I mean I've been given deep insight to understand how the state works, and um, he says we will make thee borders of gold with studs of silver, and at first you say. So, I mean, it just, what is that, right? 
Well, the gold is of God, and we make the borders of gold. Every state is a closed law boundary. And if the state has its identity in God, in other words, in thee, we, in him, we move and we, we, we have our being, right? We, we are identity. In other words, listen to Yahudah, okay, that, that they have their identity in Yah, okay? Uh, whereas if you say, I'm an American or I'm a Canadian, <laughs> what are you talking about, all right? But now we have a law border that is of gold, in God we trust. We understand the divine law. We are now, we are no longer operating, you know, even though the states of the world are a weak image of, because look, look at the three in one. You have the legislative, the judicial, and the um, executive. The triune aspects, we three are one. Okay? And, but, we say in God we trust, and, and all of these laws that we see out here, they're, they're a weak reflection of that which is of the divine state. So we say we will make the borders of gold. In, in other words, in God we trust. Our entire being, our entire identity is in, and, and, in, in God, and, I, and, and with studs of silver, it's understood in silver, our conscience, our conscience, man's conscience, um, is so refined that now we we are the silver. We we are the silver, and in in the literal um, borders of gold um, is the is the the ark of the covenant resting in the kingdom of man, and no longer is there a schism. It's 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 a total. Um, I and the Father are one, and now I cannot commit adultery because I am going to be true to self. Yeah, I cannot. The law is written on my heart. I cannot commit adultery because it's written on my heart, and my heart is at the 19.5 parallel from my navel, and my heart is the supreme court of this existence, and the laws are written on my heart. You know, yeah, see, I, I I agree. Um, if you look at okay, the head of gold is the sun. We'll say we'll say that silver is the next kingdom, and it's the moon. It's feminine, a greater and a lesser light to rule over the day and over the night. They're telling you idioms and stories and levels of understanding. So that everyone can go from pre-K all the way through 12 to, uh, let's say, uh, uh, a graduate or a community college level, associates up to a bachelor, up to a MA, a master of science, MS, uh, or a pile higher and deeper, whether it's bullshit or whether it's reality. And each of us are able to choose this kingdom or the level of insight from the kingdom that we're looking at. It might be a head of gold in an earthly realm, but it could be a head of gold in the kingly, heavenly, supreme realm. Please All right, continue, so my I'm, brother. I'm going to continue on the former. It might be a head of gold in the earthly realm. Let's, 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 let's seize on that first, all right? Uh-huh. Uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Now, before I continue... 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Okay, now look at that. I am the single I, the the uh, um, um, the God aspect, the God nature in all of us. Jesus, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who did not count it robbery to be thought equal with God. Okay, it's a command. Okay, so the account at Robert is not equal with God. He said, I am the rose of Sharon. Well, Sharon is a desert. And I am the rose which blooms in the desert. I am the lily which grows in the valley, in the low place, the earth. You know, this is Peter washing, this is Jesus washing Peter's feet. I mean, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, you've got to go back to Isaiah to find out about the desert and where the water goes before them. See, I mean, all these stories linked together. Every one of them is telling you of different aspects of thought and how they operate in the various kingdoms of wherever you may be consciously and yet physically associated. Okay, so so he says at verse 2, as the lily among thorns. And, and you know... Okay, the carnal mind is as the bramble bush in the book of Judges. We have the, the trees all get together to find out who's going to be the king. And the bramble bush says, yeah, if you anoint me king, then come take your, your, come take your rest under my shadow. Well, the thorn bush doesn't cast a shadow. So, so, so we see I am the lily amongst thorns. It, it's there, Christ with us, Christ in all. And is all Christ Emmanuel, God with us. So, as the lily among thorns, so is my love amongst the daughters. And yeah, so, so we you have. Got you got to have a Mount Sinai experience of the enlightened and ever living, even though you're in the wilderness of sin. So. Yeah, you got you got when you say um the wilderness of sin, the place of AI sin. In other words, yeah. it's the that's the waste heap of the left side, you know, and we're all yeah. undertaking in our conscience rational mind thinking that, you know, intercoursing our emotion that we're cool, but in reality that's just Moses backed up to the Red Sea and he can't cross. Yeah, see, we have to wake up from the Sinai experience to go across into the promised land. We can see it from Pishka. And see, here again, there's another name. But we have to understand what it means to cross over. See, in Joshua, so we have to go to the salvation state of thought, mind, and being in order to go over. But we can't go take them until they give it up. And I mean, see, it's telling you the time frame, time and the season. Oh, God, is so beautiful. That is wonderful. I mean, absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Please continue. So, So as the lily among thorns, so is my love uh, amongst the daughters. And look at that. I mean, this is the Shekinah. The Shekinah is the Shulamite. This is your higher self, the feminine aspect on your higher self. Crying out, crying out, where is my love? Where where does he dwell? Where does his flock lay down at noon? Where where can I go so that we can consummate this 
this love feast within. Our bed is green. That's where you can go. You can sit in the tent of your own consciousness in, in your prayer room, and you can go consummate this relationship, you know, now. Yeah. And he says, so is my love amongst the daughters. I mean, think about that. When you think about the daughters as the desires, um, and you think about the sons as the thoughts, then um, the lily among thorns. I mean, a lily amongst the thorns bush is just is surrounded by um, carnality and lusts and fears and greeds and wants and just all the, the seven vices. And and there's that lily, you know, and and that is, you know, we desire that lily. And so he says, as the apple tree, you know, they wonder where do they get the apple from? Well, you know, you go to Song of Solomon's 8.5. It says the mother aspect, the El Shaddai nature, saying, I birthed thee under the apple tree. And he says, as the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved amongst the sons. Yeah. I Listen to this. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. See, that's why you see Buddha with the Dahini, the female, in a lap union with him continually. Because he's he's infatuated with the divinity, the feminine aspect of the higher self. He never lets her go. And uh, as you look at, uh, uh, you were, oh man, you were sitting there talking about that, and I kept seeing this picture come up in my mind, and damn it, escapes it at the moment. But when you when you really look into everything that you're saying, um, we're like a tree in a sense. And uh, yes. if you look into, yes. uh, you'll see them talk about uh, certain types of uh, belief and breath uh, structures, let's say, in Buddhism. And what they'll do is they put the tongue in the straight gate. And it's they've learned to go into meditation and relaxed to the point that they can put their tongue up the straight gate of the eustachian tube and they create a different type of breath and thought. Most people would think they're they're choking to death. They'd call it swallowing their tongue in a sense. But they have learned to gain control of that. And see, here you are with these feminine aspects. Oh, yes. Thank you, Father. See, well, Joseph, you know that Joseph is the fruitful bow that went over the wall, and if you look it up, it it's is. talking about the feminine aspects, the feminine daughters of Jacob, uh, of, of not Jacob, but uh, uh, Josh, uh, uh, Joseph, that went over the wall and became fruitful. And so you're talking about these same women; they have the ability as that fruitful bow to go over the wall of impossibility. Well, it's, it's, it's really um, awesome when you look at the, you know, or read it again, as the apple tree among the trees of the wood, you yes. know, if you go to other cultures, you'll learn instead of the five states that you have in, like, in, in Greek uh, mythology, you have the wood. When you go to the Eastern world, you'll find about the wood. And... As as the apple tree amongst the trees of the wood, 
the wood is the place of the second state of water, and therefore where you um, the wood would symbol truth. That the wood would be a symbol for for baptism in a sense, where your head is immersed in truth. So the apple, this is you know the apple Eve brings this apple in a sense to Adam. Um, and this this apple is this deceit. This apple is um, is is like a is like a um, a Trojan horse. It, it it looks good, but it, it there's deceit there. And so, um, but we see as the apple among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved amongst the sons. And notice that now I sit down under his shadow with great delight. So. So we have another, the other analogy in the lower state, sitting down under the shadow of the bramble bush, and the bramble bush is a thorn bush. So when you sit down under the state of religion, or the state of man's um, and uh, government, and that's where you place your trust, there is no delight there. That's that's a thorn bush, and if you get too close to it, you're gonna get, you know, pricked a little bit, right? Yeah, uh, that's why it says they, bleed. Well, that's why it says they hung up their heart by the rivers of Babylon. They they hung up. Excuse me. They uh, hung up their ability to sing. The joy of Yahweh is my strength. Mm. And they sold it for the commercial pleasures, if you say. The pleasures of Sodom. What was the pleasures of Sodom? What did it create? Fatness and fullness of bread. Do you care to look around? We got a lot of fat ass people put on crapping ass bread, and they know that that just makes them get fatter. You feed crap. See, everything here is telling you of a state of mind in action that's in manifestation. And, uh, oh, Emily, well, this this is really good. I, I I really think you're dead on point tonight because of these abilities that you're bringing forth. I mean, this is a beautiful story. And here again, see, Pacholi requested, and you came and you delivered. Oh man, I'm thankful. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Well, he says, and here he says, and his this is the woman. She says, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Well, remember. Um, Ezekiel, who put this roll in his mouth, and he said, oh, it's so sweet to my mouth, but it's like honey to my mouth, but bitter in the stomach. Uh-huh. And, and in Ecclesiastes, we read about vanity and vanity, and all is vanity, and there's nothing new under the sun. And we read, with much knowledge comes much sorrow. When you have, when your eyes open and you can see how the world is being manipulated through the psyche, and you understand how to how to lie with another man's wife. You understand uh-huh. that which is your own psyche, and you understand the ploys and the techniques which are being broadcast upon an unsuspecting, ignorant population in which they are absolutely 100% controlled without them even having a clue that they're being controlled. And yeah. then you look around at the woman today, and again... I'm going to stereotype, but please don't hold it against me. They use the woman's emotion to control the rationale of the man. In order to stifle the man, they use the woman's emotion to absolutely control the man, and they do this through wants and desires. So 
So basically, I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. This is people are looking for the mark of the beast as if it's something that's going to come on. You know, John had come lately. It's always been here. Yeah. See what they're doing though is they're manifesting it, literally making it stronger and stronger. Because it's according to their belief. It's just like the CIA used Gloria Steinem to create the feminism movement because they knew that they could destroy the linkage, but yet they could because of the fact that male aspect didn't have enough sense to realize that the woman was as important as he is. I mean, uh, shit. They all do everything they can. They strut, they crow, they do everything under the sun to get the attention of the female. But the hitch is this. If they don't continue to do what the hell they were doing to get that female, they might be somebody else out there, you know, that wants her pretty damn bad, too. And see, they forget that. And so they leave off the entertainment of the, of the mind, cyber super consciousness. See, if we forget that, and we do not continue to do what we did in the beginning, our power will wane or it will stay the same. See, that's why I stress meditating. Because, see, you're going back to the garden. You're going yes. back to the song of the light man. And, and that's what you're teaching. Please continue. Well, okay. Let me go back to chapter one here before we continue in chapter two. Because, again, she cried out. You, you made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard have I not kept. And then Absolutely. she says, she starts it off. She says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. And, and all of this started pouring out of me. You know, the first miracle that Jesus performs, he says, bring me six concrete jars. He says, and fill them with water. Now, this water that is filled in these concrete jars are the lower truth. These are the truths that are mixed with falsities. It's not wine, okay? It's not that which the Holy Spirit, the comforter, brings. And today I'm talking to a guy, and I said, his name is Mike, and I said, Mike, have you ever noticed how this Constitution and this Declaration has certain nouns in it which are capitalized. And those nouns are, they don't follow the regular rules of capitalization that you were taught in public school. And I said, Absolutely. In fact, I don't care if you went to private school. See, that's the difference between people and people in the Constitution. We, the people, is a capital P. Yes. We, the regular people, is a small P. There is a damn difference. It does not, it's called a conundrum. Well, now, now, okay, now get it. Um, that is called the, that capitalized noun is, is, is a capitonym, and and the and you've got a situation here. If you look up a capitonym, what it means it means it's a it's a noun which no longer has the common meaning. It has now it doesn't have a general common understanding. It has a specific. Meaning, and not only does it have a specific meaning, it has it, it. In most times, it's not even pronounced the same way that you pronounce the yeah. same word. Okay, so yeah. now, if you were not privy to the writing of that document, 
then you can never understand that document because you, you don't correct. have the keys to unlock right. what those capitals mean. Absolutely. And, and it was and a unless, glass door. It's a closed-door conference of the Constitution. The American people don't have a damn clue what the hell went on behind them closed doors. That's exactly right. So, so the same thing happens in the Scriptures. Um, and, and, and this is the Masons' deal with the lion's paw. Jesus is the, is the lion of the tribe of Judah, so he has to wash your feet, Peter. And, and so you have to be pulled up. I must go so that the comforter, the author, can come to you and explain to you what this means. Otherwise, you will never know what it means. You will, you will study your whole life, Absolutely. and you will never know what it means. Absolutely. Right? Because you didn't write it. It's a close. That's why he said that's why all of a sudden it jumped off the page at me about the the – I am going to give you borders of gold. I am going to give you understanding. You are going to have wisdom. You are going to be, they're going to say, Saul, where would you get this wisdom? I mean, you were an absolute numbskull. You couldn't even keep up with your donkeys. And in the background you hear, man, you know. And, and, and now you got wisdom. Saul is a, is a prophet in Israel. Come on. What happened here? But then we say at the very beginning, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. You are now supping directly from the mouth of the author. You are in your prayer chamber. You are in your meditation room, and it is coming to you directly by revelation. You are now John, and you are receiving the revelation of the truth. And no man need teach you because you have this inner anointing. Okay. Okay. Notice, notice what you said. My name is John. John's called the Beloved. If you're a hooker on the street, you're attempting to acquire Johns, are you not? They're yes. looking for the John that has the knowledge of true impregnating thought. Well, I mean, it it really is wonderful when you see him. Let him kiss me with kisses. The kisses. Are the are the are the thoughts of God the the desires the sons of God and the daughters of God, which is the hair. We started this off talking about Rastafari, the hair which grows down from the higher realm, which then goes to touch the lower realm and then will change. And so he says, then he says, um, um, for thy love is better than wine. So so what we have here is. Right at the very beginning, we have a a story which is 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 intimate. It is this is a consummation of that between a husband and a wife, and and when and he says here or she says, "Thy love is better than wine." She says, "She says you've done turned the, you've done turned the water into wine." She says to him, she says, you, you've already turned the water into wine for me. You, you, have, you have given me so much already. But your love, it's wonderful to know and to understand. It's, it's better to experience. You know, in other words, I, I, I really, I want to understand the love letter but what I really want is a face-to-face. Oh, absolutely. 
And, and in other words, I can write my wife a letter from overseas, and she can read it and long for the day and understand the yearning and the desire of wanting to be intimate with each other. So, oh, man, let me tell you something. Just to yeah. verify what you're saying, when I was in group, uh, we all wore green berets, and we'd you soaked them in water and formed them and let them dry, you know. I mean, everybody <laughs> wore that classy jaunt, you know, to it. But all of us that were on teams or affiliated, you usually had our wife, a sweetheart, whatever, we'd get them to wear their underwear and don't wash them, send them to us, and we'd have them stitched inside of our beret. <laughs> <laughs> so we always had the knowledge of our sweetie on our head. I mean, you understand? I mean, that's the same thing with the mind, is having the knowledge of your sweetie on your head. So, you know, like in the garden where, where Eve is talking and she says to the serpent, uh, we're told we can't eat of this certain tree, um, and we're commanded not to touch it. When you go look up that word touch, you will find euphemistically it's an idiom. To touch is a nice way of saying we are told not to have sex with it. Uh, to touch <laughs> means to lie with the woman. Okay, and this is why St. Paul said um, Eve was completely beguiled. And if you go look up that word beguiled, you will see the word is expatio, and, and the word literally means she lost her virginity. <laughs> All right. Oh, now, shit. You better be careful as a brain break, David. I can't help it. <laughs> Man, when right, you so, walk in with that beret, the Garden of Eden is open. <laughs> so now, so, so she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. She's saying that the, to understand is amazing. To finally know the truth and be baptized is amazing. But let him now baptize me in fire. Let us now consummate the relationship. In experience, for love is better than wine. It it's good to know. It's better to experience. And it says because the savor of thy good ointments, um, thy name is as an ointment poured forth. Therefore, do the virgins love thee. Now think about that. Oh, I thy do. Name, that's exactly why. Thy, that's exactly why we put them damn panties that she wore in our beret. We were being continually anointed by the connection of kind of like in psychometry. Uh, you feel their vibration. You understand what I'm saying? We were I, maintaining I, that frequency of thought. That's it. Thy name. It ain't got nothing to do whether or not you say. Let's say you, you're one of these that's caught up in the Hebraic roots movement. You say, hey, his name's Yeshua. And another guy says, no, that's not right. It's Yehoshua. And another guy says, no, 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 it's Jesus. And and, and that ain't, all three are missing the boat. His name is this way of being. It's the nature of how things get done. Absolutely. And so... The savor of thy good ointments, 
Because oh, of the good. savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as anointment poured forth. So when you go to, to Psalm 119 and you read about thy way is wonderful, it is a lamp before my feet. It is a lamp before my feet. Wash, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, you can have no part with me. Okay, if you don't bring forth her anointing to your understanding knowledge, you cannot enter into her divine inner court. Don't you hear what they're telling you? They're telling you how to bring forth not only the squirt, but the squirt within the mind of creation that activates the door the gates of sight that causes Lazarus to come forth, even though he's dead four damn days. I don't give a shit about your four levels of damn consciousness or whatever, or your four degrees of dimension. I can raise that dead asshole up and make him bloom in one night as an almond. I mean, you understand, this is the story that you're talking about. That's exactly. They put it in a story so that you try to that the carnal the carnal side only reads the story, and the carnal side stays in sin because it is an AI. It is a waste heap of just empty words in a story, and it says, yeah. "Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. Yea, pleasant oh, yes, also. Is. Our bed is green, and and the carnal mind says." Our bed is green. Oh, that's wonderful. We got us a green bed bedspread. <laughs> it is it is the consummation, you know, you know. And and that's why it was written like that, so that the carnal mind could never touch it. And the truth <laughs> is virgin. That's why he says, Therefore do the virgins love thee, because carnality can never touch this truth. You cannot come to this truth until you drop, until you wash the feet, okay? It, it is carnality um, would spot it. Jacob and his spotted cattle, and Laban said, you can have all the spotted cattle. They're yours. Take them. They're yours. I don't want them. I want the white ones, all right? Oh, yeah. Laban That's is great. God. Jacob is your car, Laban is your higher self, uh, Jacob is your lower self in that particular analogy, and Jacob connived and he figured out a way to work the DNA so that he would have all the spotted, but what is really being said there is not a story about genetics so much as it's a story about how your, how your carnal mind works, and there will be no spots in your love feast, which means when you come to that place of meditation, you're checking the carnal mind at the door. It has to stay at the base of the mountain. And Abraham okay, okay, climbed okay. the mountain. No, 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 wait a minute. Just a second, boy. You are really on top of a real truth. The Pharaoh has a black or blue, black, and gold staff or veil, um, crook, crook or whatever. Jacob puts streaking stakes. Yakum, excuse me, is the conscious or the mind that has the ability to change or alter things. Yakub. Therefore, by putting the streaked stakes before the cattle that were going to water. Now, notice he also said in another place that he only put it before the strong ones. He didn't put it before the weak ones. So what he was doing was taking two aspects of the mind, knowing 
that if he put it at the water's edge, when the cattle came up that were in heat, they would be moved by that aspect of the mind, and he could separate them because of their actions and what they had seen and observed. And see, it was before the water. And when we go down to the sea, we go down and we venture out in boats and ships and thoughts state. After many days, our thoughts will return, and they will manifest and bring forth much treasure. Jacob had learned the secret of how to take a negative and turn it into a positive, but he knew how to put both sides of it together. And see, the average person, is if they're fearful, they will not even look at, think on, or entertain the other. They automatically enforce the opposite because they are afraid to look at it. And see, this is these stories that you're, you're teaching here and what's being manifest. Please continue. Well, Jacob, Jacob uh, it says that uh, he, he left with much flock. There was much he goats and there was much uh, sheep. Uh, flocks, his flocks were increased, but they were all spotted. And 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 we have, if you look at, for instance, let's look at um, real quick, quick tangent. You have, um, hello, I'm getting feedback. You're here. Okay, so you have, um, you have, um, um, oh geez, man, I, I was on to it and I wanted to talk about it and. It, it flew away. Maybe it'll come back. All right. So the, the idea is the, the the spot, and so we. Oh, I know what it was. When you look at Abraham and, and Hagar, it was said of Abraham, he gave her a little bread and a little water. He gave her truth. The the bread, the water is truth. The bread is that of the, the spiritual food. Okay, a little, and sent her away. And she burst the 12 dukes of, of the Islamic uh, traditions. All right? So, uh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Um, oh, it just flew away again. All right? I'm talking about being spotted. All right? So, so the idea is, is, is as we, if you look at the um, Islamic traditions, they say things like, well, if you, if you are a martyr, a martyr for Allah, then you will receive 72 virgins. And and then you say, okay, all right, that's a little truth, okay, and that's a little bread, okay? But now let's go over here and look at the Hebrew traditions. If you, the uh, uh, Judaic traditions, if you if you look at, um, um, I believe it's Exodus uh, 14, 19 through 21, and you'll notice that each one of these verses is 72 Hebraic characters long. And if you're reading in English, you have no no chance of finding any of this. All right. But when you come to the Hebrew, you look at three verses. So now you have a matrix, which is 72 by 3. And if you read it from top down, now you have 72 names, hidden names. Yeah, three nines. Oh, you got God. three boys and women right there in all their complete stages. Yes, you do. <laughs> now, and that's really forward. These are 72 virgins because the carnal mind has not touched on them in any way, shape, or form, because it is impossible for the carnal mind to touch on them, because the carnal mind is just reading the story and engrossed in the emotion of the story and has never, ever seen 
these virgins and therefore cannot touch these virgins. And so when we go back to verse 3, because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name, thy way of being, thy law, thy divine law is as an ointment poured forth. It goes from the top of the head and drops down the beard unto the feet. The thoughts of above symbolize that Rastafari, those dreadlocks which come out of the upper realm and they come down to the lower realm. Notice that the hair does not stand up. It falls down towards the feet. That's what the the squirt in a woman is all about. It ties directly to that anointing. Thou anointest my head with oil of gladness. It is her gladness that... I mean, do you understand? These are things that occur in the mind just like they do in the physical, mental, spiritual body. I mean... See, this, this is why this knowledge is so powerful, because you can, I don't give a shit what they teach in damn school, how many damn sheepskins, MSs, bullshit, degrees, whatever. When you put this out here, I will go through you like a dose of salt to a winter woman, as they used to say. And she was having to scrape and skimp by, so if you gave her a dose of uh, laxative, I mean, it go through her like a bullet through a rifle, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, they were using these idioms to explain these states of mind and being. Continue, please. That's that's the point, is that when you read in Genesis about Eve says we're not to have sex, they're using, what you're looking at is the, is the it's a key. They're showing you the mechanism of the key of Christ Jesus. They're showing you the mechanism of, of we're using a physical thing in the earth, but this physical thing, this physical deed, is a symbol for that which happens in your mind, which is why Christ is embedded into matter. This is involution of spirit into matter. Absolutely. they're, 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 They're giving you the key, and they're showing you the application of the key. All right, so... MJ, that's why I say a woman is the physical school to teach you how to use your mind. If you can understand and develop and work and cohabit with a woman and bring her to the state of joyful bliss, she will bring forth creation for you. That is the same process that occurs within the human mind. And, um, I mean, man, I I, I marvel every day at the magnificence of the totality and completeness of the pattern of life and creation. And yet I realize that, hell, the creator is so brilliant in in its true power and form that it sent forth just a spark. He created the ten sephiroth, the ten aspects of light, one through zero, the binary code of, of alteration and change, in a duality, because it had to bring it to us, and that ten is now divided again into the second and the third levels of the house, and even into the fourth, so that we can comprehend because of the brilliance of that, that true state of intelligence, intellect. And and see, you can't possibly, as skilled as I am in killing, I know killing does not work. Right. Because I realize that you are me. 
I am you. <laughs> right. And if I'm to interact, I have to learn how to deal with myself. The other, I, I, I am. Well, that's why somebody asked me the other day, they said, what's your name? I said, my voice. Yeah. You understand that. Uh, you wrap your mind and you'll get it. So so Buddha said that nirvana is found in the uh, the womb of a woman. And, Absolutely. And that if you understand, again, the symbol, the key is Christ Jesus. And Absolutely. Therefore, Everything she's is the one. the womb of the mind. Everything is within the womb of the mind. It didn't make any right. difference in sperm has motility or not. If I know when she cycles and her cervix opens, I know when the veil is open and cut from top to bottom, and I can enter in and give her fruit because I am to render seed unto Israel, those that have the power of the knowledge of the Ashadiah. And as I do that, I cause the creative life cycle to continue. And, oh, shit, I'm opening more than Pandora's box. That doesn't got Iowa operating in and to me. <laughs> and, and that's that's the, that's the beautiful thing is when you start to see that that womb is not the actual vagina of a woman, a physical no, flesh woman. It is, the, it is the it is only the veneer. It ain't the yeah. word underneath it. That's just the veneer. But that's that's and then and then we see Saint Paul um, telling us in a restatement in the New Testament, you can know the mystery of the Godhead by looking at the things created. To learn to observe nature, and you will keep the Sabbath by going out into a field. You don't need to go to church to keep Sabbath. Go explore nature, and then you will learn more. Today, I'll guarantee, if you go look at nature, you'll learn more from nature than you will in a church house. I'll guarantee you that. I agree with you. So you see, I'm learning more from the nature of the Creator as it acts and interacts through different ones, and in this particular case, it happens to be you. And um, as you interact and bring forth these thoughts, ideas, and concepts, I'm just kind of playing the part of the fool here, in a sense, of uh, um, bringing forth certain aspects, you know, due to questions and different things, hoping that I can uh, expand what you're saying so that our average, everyday individual that may or may not know Scripture like we do can be able to uh, transcend the gap or the chasm by helping them to understand and build a bridge of connection. And um, see, I mean, (laughs) Michael Joseph, listen to me. I mean, you're a brilliant, wonderful individual. And uh, I really thank you because of the fact that, I mean, mean, damn, you're proving yourself that, I mean, who could fault that? that? That's wonderful. It's like Jim. I was telling B, I said, I've been looking for a long time to be able to uh, pass the knowledge or the insight to individuals. And I said, I think I have one. And she said, who? And I told her. She said, why do you say that? I said, because of the abilities that I have noticed in them as they come forth. I said, um, you can't reproduce what you believe. You can't instruct those that will follow after you. And you cannot leave an inheritance to your children's children. And since all of them are my children, because I think we're all one, 
I have to teach from a different perspective. I can't teach as I may have taught 40 years ago in my ignorance, even though my zeal, my zeal was in the wilderness of sin, the error of not knowing. But it doesn't mean I can't become enlightened, wake up, rise to the occasion. You walk in, there's a good-looking woman there, and, oh, man, she kind of gets around. The next thing you know, you begin to kind of awaken, and you begin to arrive to the situation, opportunity. I mean, see, that's the way your thoughts are. Something quickens your thought. It arises, that sexual desire of knowing or desiring to know. It, it's a sexual desire. I mean... You you got to have it. You you need it. it. It it piqued your interest. It caught your attention. That's a sexual attraction. Like it, lump it, win, lose, or draw. Let's get down and I mean when they walk by I can't help but somebody said, Damn, you really looked at that woman. I said, Boy, don't you admire Yama's creation? I said, Look what a fantastic creature. That Yahweh took and made and brought forth. I said, oh, man, how can you not admire something like that? They said, that's a sin. I said, it depends on how you look at it. Well, I mean, as as he says, a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if you want to go ahead and and let it manifest to lust, then, but that's right. And, And the thing is, is so we can look at the way I perceive things, I, when I started to just look at myself, that's why I started to call. I looked down the other day and I said, "Damn, I got two feet." And and you know everybody knows they have two feet, but I was like, "I got two legs, which carry me about." And I'm like, "Okay, this has to be a symbol um, about how you know everything is on the scale." God says, "I create light, I create darkness, I create good, I create evil." All right, it's it's um it's 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 all alike to me. So if we say there's good, there's bad, there's front, there's back, there's hot, there's cold, whatever, that's just the scale. And so it's it's yes, it's a it's a dualistic principle, but it's just one scale. And so, you know, we what we're we're like you say, we're looking for um these stories that's why I love the Song of Songs because listen to this one here at verse four. He says, "He, if this is she, this is the Shekinah in, in us saying, he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. And we see St. Paul saying, it is the responsibility of the husbandman to, to tend to the happiness of his wife. The happiness of the wife is the responsibility of the husband. So, so we see in another place, I was tending everybody else's garden, and I neglected my own. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to, we can't do that. We have to, we have to be the husbandman. The word husbandman means farmer. We have to be the one to plant the good seed. Yep. You know, and tend to that garden. Right. Yeah, I'd like okay. to say something. Oh, you okay. can't just look after. You can't just look after helping other people. 
you have to remember that you have a responsibility too. And um, see, that's the thing with our Babylonian system of male and female. It's kind of like an ownership possessive shit. I said uh, that's why they can have a corporate law system. Now they have a adversarial uh, interrogative in court. I mean, you, you understand where I'm coming from. So they've got to yeah. have something that's at war. Yes. They uh, had to destroy that which was at peace. And see, that's why the multiplicity of wives and uh, women with the land, though they had to get the land away from them because then they could war over the land. Men naturally war over possessions. They want to control shit. And uh, as you began to see this... Um, uh, well, 14, you're correct to a certain extent, but you've got to understand, uh, if you just take your limited idea and view, you might as well throw Jacob and all these other analogies completely out the damn window. Uh, I mean, uh, we have bought into the shit by the rivers of Babylon, and so this damn commercial system of uh, marriage, uh, a license, a piece of paper that started with King Edward, permission to break the law. You better figure out what damn law are we talking about here? Man's law or divine law? I mean, oh shit, don't even get me started. MJ, you better take back over because I mean, I was more peaceful well, with you. This guys. is what I'm, this is what, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going, uh, uh, Jim, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, I wanted to interject here for a minute. The Messiah teacher tells us, you know, if I teach you, uh, the the physical things are the, you know, and you don't understand. How in the world are we going to be able to understand the spiritual things? That is it. Yeah, number 14 asked a question. He said, my grandpa told me that you have to keep your woman's beaver sore, not another's. My grandpa told me that. Is that true? It is correct. But there's a fact of the fact that a trapper, he worked a trap line, and he took care of all the beaver on the trap line. Now, if you understand that, you might understand the secret that Joseph Smith and them was talking about in Mormonism. And then you might understand the secret that Jacob and different ones were referring to in Scripture. And then you might, well, you see, I mean, there's levels of this, but yet it's dealing with the way you think, not just what's between your legs, you know. I mean, it's nice to play with all that kind of situation, and I definitely enjoy the hell out of it. But there's more going on there than just uh, 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 keeping a, a muffin uh, uh, well massaged. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, we're, it's telling us things in a physical sense to where in a, to where we can put two and two together, so to speak, like the Messiah teacher said, if I tell you, you know, the, the carnal-minded things and you don't understand, how in the world are you going to get a concept on the spiritual things? And, and absolutely. See, and, well, and, and this yeah. is the thing, though, Jim. See, Bernays knew that when he started the program in the early 1900s during the days of Woodrow Wilson, he knew that if he could get them to understand certain concepts of how to bring forth or create a thought in the mind. And see, then you go back to 1758 with Charles Finney, 
And he he learned that in religion, if he could take and manipulate the emotion of a people with religious speaking, etc., using biblical verses, etc., and he could put in his thought at that time, he could cuckle all 70 or plus women in his congregation that were married to somebody else. So, I mean, you understand what I say? I mean, what is the intent, the motive of their application? What? I mean, you have to understand how the mind operates because that's how it operates between your ears and behind your eyeballs. Yeah. And so if you understand that, you're going to understand how your dick operates and how her twat operates, as the fella said. I mean, and I've seen some damn nice-looking ones, as the man said. You just can't, I mean, oh, boy, make him want to hurt yourself. But you got to be... <laughs> You got to be wise, or you really will hurt yourself. Yes, sir. Well, um, you know, there's the story of Jacob. He goes on his trip, and if you if you map out his trip, you'll see he comes back to the same place two times. And uh, the first time, he lays his head on a single stone, and he's met by Yahweh. And if you map it out, the second time he comes back, he's met. He lays his head on another stone, and he's met by El Shaddai. And we have in the Book of Thomas, Thomas the twin. We have the the others coming to him, and he says, "What did Jesus tell you?" They they want to know what what did he tell you? He said, "I I can't tell you." He said, "If I told you, then you would." then you would throw stones at me and fire would come out of those stones and burn you because in their lack of understanding they would use those two testaments and they would use those verses that they would speak it out and in doing so they would produce a false witness and fire would come out of those stones and burn them and their ego and their pride would be diminished so actually it's not a statement of retribution it's actually a statement of love because, you know, if, if I let you know and I bring you into these things, you're going to, you're yeah, not going to understand. So this is going to bring some discomfort to your life here a little bit, you know. And Yeah, um, okay. If, if you go to Israel, um, go to Ai, go to Bethel. There were six sons of Israel crucified on Ai. There were six sons of Israel crucified on Bethel. You're seeing, in reality, a kind of a story that's out of Egypt with the upper and the lower kingdom, the red and white kingdom. Yet one is the menstrual cycle, one is the pure when she's uh, she's open and her cervix is tight and she's no longer bleeding. So if we bless you, we're saying the bleeding on you, which is implied as a blessing or a benefit. And and see, people do no longer understand these concepts. And so when you and I began to talk about them, I mean, there's stuff you and I are saying on this call that, honest to God, um, it'll set their hair and their bush on fire. I mean, they'll run down the the road with everything. You're you're speaking to the blood. People say, they say things like, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, but they don't, in their mind, they're thinking of physical blood. It's not physical blood. They they do not know what they're saying. See, they think by their much speaking, they will be heard, but they don't understand what they're speaking. 
And so by their words, they're either overcome or by their their, their words, they're condemned. So they're speaking the curse on themselves instead of exactly. the bleeding or the implied blessing of the fruitfulness implied by the blood because of the DNA stem cell content that was automatically in it when she began to expunge during her seven days of rejuvenation. She went to the longhouse. I mean, these are these are these are ancient secrets of the grandmothers, the high priestesses alone. And see, if we don't understand the knowledge of the Shekinah, the Shekinah, then we will pay the price. Of the, we will pay the shekel and versus receiving the true bleeding blessings. But, I mean, which one do you want? I well, mean, you, I you mean, have to talk. On, on that principle, I'd like to just at least uh, touch on two, two, five, and two, six, and then I'll, I'll, I'll stay at, at that point. But, let me go back to song uh, two five. He, uh, she says, "Stay me with flagons, I'll say of wine. Comfort me with apples of truth, for I am sick of love." And that's that's our nature when we are we're seeking, man. We have we are the woman at the well. We have we have had five husbands, and and we're still at the well seeking. And 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 these five husbands cannot satisfy. Until you learn to come to that inner uh, prayer room and within, the kingdom is within you. Until you go there and you are kissed on the mouth by he who wrote the book, by she, rather, who who wrote the book, the Holy Spirit. Because spirit is couched in into the symbol. Until you were kissed on that mouth and you sucked from that cup, then directly you cannot understand. And so uh, she is stayed with flagons of wine and comforted with apples, and she is so sick of of all of these relationships of of going to sit at this one's feet or this one's feet, and there she is still seeking. All right. So then the absolute beautiful verse that I just is so this is what I just absolutely love about the Song of Songs. It is so intimate. She she says. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. And and so we see in the left side of our of our weakness, because Leah was weak-eyed, but Rachel was vivacious. Leah is the woman of the left hand. Rachel is the woman of spirit. The left hand is under my head. I I am I'm weak in that regard. But he says. Let the weak say I am strong, and his and his right hand doth embrace me. I mean, this is an intimate, internal relationship, and you will you will consummate. Jesus said to those who came to him and said, "Lord, Lord, we did wonderful things in your name." He said, "Depart from me. I never knew you." We never consummated. We never laid down in the marriage bed. You didn't come. You didn't come. And every single one of us can go. Right now, we can go. St. Paul said, I, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with, with the Lord. We are confident and we are willing to be absent from the body. All right? So we go to that place, the third heaven, the place where the bed is green, the place where the astral self communes, 
with Christ, a place where that ejaculatory response to chrism, the anointing within, all right, and and his banner over me is love. I mean, that is, you know, uh, to me is just absolutely amazing because that is the loving husband, the wife, and that is the image of a wife in complete submission to her husband who covers her and loves her and is willing to go even to the point of giving his life for her. And and we are the wife. Every single one of us is the wife. And so we understand that's why Buddha said nirvana is found in the womb of a woman. And, and it's really beautiful when you see how intimate a, a relationship this actually is. Anyway, I... I I'm uh, extremely touched by it and um, and encouraged by it because it, it it tells me when I when I read Hero Israel the Lord your God is one and that we say what is the name of God I am it is it is an internal way of being it, it is a way of life it's not just stories it's a way of of of, uh, of manifesting and being. Hey, I'd like to just uh, switch gears just right quick and just share with you something that um, came to me today um, in regard to um, something that I've been working on here on North Carolina. If I I could, I'll take about five minutes. Is that that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Let's see what you got. Okay, so, um, so I don't know if the folks on the call are familiar with the concept called bottomering. Um, bottomry, it comes out of um, ancient Babylon. It was an insurance policy that was um, taken out against the keel of a ship. Okay, and it insured the goods of the ship so that there wouldn't be lost. It's called bottomry. Um, today, we read in Psalm chapter 2 that the kings of the earth, they have these wild imaginations and they think to throw off the bonds of divine law says they, they think to throw off, you know, the bonds of, uh, I'll say, Yadavavhe and his Messiah. You, you know, I know in the English it says Jehovah and his uh, anointed or his Messiah. Um, but basically, it, you know, they are looking to create their own laws and their own ways of being, and, and they, look off, they look to throw off. But, but I'll tell you right now, um, it is even written into um, English common law courts, so which which are uh, in in this land still as well, because we inherited the, the, that um, common law system. That there is no law written in the books of any government that can protect you from divine law. I mean, you better govern yourself accordingly if you think that just because you kept man's law here that you are somehow protected from the judgments of divine law, that that is a full walking. All right. So um it dawned on me that when we went looking uh, we went looking on all one hundred counties on um North Carolina and we found that not one sheriff on all one hundred counties had a valid oath. So we started looking at judges' oaths and we found that um most of the judges that we found did not have valid oaths as prescribed by um, the Congress, as this Congress said it would be, they don't have validates. 
So then what we found is that um, these oaths are, uh, these offices rather, are being understood, the surety which understands these offices are insurance policies. So it's the ancient Babylonian system of insuring the keel of the ship. The office is being understood by an insurance policy. Now get it. If someone breaks the law, do you go down to the courthouse and tell the judge someone broke the law? Of course not. You go down to the police station and you say someone has uh, um, done a crime or I've been there's a tort, I've been harmed, and, and you pursue it from that perspective. Now, since they are being understood by the power by which the Magi wield the courts of Pharaoh today is through insurance policies. You are being harmed in your body by a one who pretends to be bonded to the people through an oath, but in fact has no oath to the people and is is causing real harm to to the men and women out um, in in the county or the state or wherever um, they're they're undertaking. So, literally, merely walking into a police station and making that claim against their insurance policy. If more people went in there and made those claims like that, it would cause the insurance rates to increase, such that the one who is sitting in a de facto office as judge, for instance would have to pay such tremendous insurance rates in order to sit as a de facto judge that someday he's going to have to come to the to the um, conclusion, is he going to continue to do business sitting in his court of business um, as de facto judge, or is he going to quit? Because his premiums are going to get so high that, and if he quits, if he decides to quit, now he's sitting and he decides to continue to practice. Now he's sitting in that office with full liability upon his own estate. So if he makes a mistake, you, you know, his house is up for grabs. He no longer is bonded by insurance. There's nothing insuring the keel of the ship of state. So if you think about it, what you've got here is a system of total consent. Okay, and when you understand it, if you don't open up your mouth and you don't utter a peep, where is your insurance policy which bonds your office? Then, hey, let's call the name, let's get it on. And and but when you say, hey, look, man, you know, I I know it's your court. In other words, if you're running a landscape business, it's your business. The business exists incorporated under the laws of the state. The court exists incorporated under the laws of the state. It's, it's providing a, a um, service um, as a business, and, and it exists as understood in an insurance policy. Now, you think about that. The difference between the term man now and the term little children, the little child is the one who moves around in limited liability and uses minus money understood by insurance policies 
a man or what you call the Bank of the United States is the rich man, okay? So the rich man in his house domestically allows the little children to run around and use modest money, okay? But internationally, the rich man uses silver and gold. And now you see that the Song of Psalms should ring, the Song of Solomon should be ringing in your head, I have compassed you with gold, with borders of gold and rings of silver. Internationally speaking, a man does business from his house from silver and gold. Internally speaking, that which is the cattle, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field, uh, that which is internal to the man is uh, there, it need, it, 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 all it need be is fiat. For God said, let us make man in our image. That's fiat. He declared it. It was spoken. Let us make man. That, that spoken, the spoken which comes to being is fiat. So what you got here is insurance policies, the power by which the Magi are, are um, wielding state is insurance. And this is the story of Moses walking into Pharaoh's court. He throws down his rod and it turns into a serpent. He understands the power by which the system is working. They throw down theirs. They say, we can do that easy. That's what we do. That's the power by which we, we operate this thing. All right? So, but you're the priest that understands it. You say, hold on a minute. Now that I understand, you have no oath to the people. You are not bonded to the people. There is no recourse to the treasury anymore. The woman, the citizen, is as a divorced woman now. She is not loved. She is not. She she doesn't look onto her leadership, her husband, men, and say, "I am beloved." She feels like she's been raped on a regular basis. So, uh, she she now comes in with understanding. The Moses part of you, which says, "It's time for me to exodus. It's time to leave Egypt." It's time to leave Babylon and not look back. Don't look back, Lot. Don't let your emotions look back and say, oh, but I had it so good. I lived in a nice, comfortable house and ate good food. You know, get out. It's time to exodus. And, and, you know, it's really beautiful when you see that this state is completely between your two ears. Yes, it is. As we walk outside of the system created by man, we're walking outside of their limitation. You're either a Democrat, you're a damn Republican. You're either a socialist, you're a communist, or you're a Catholic. You're all the same shit and ass thing. It's just different terms explaining different aspects of the same situation. And see, as we begin to wake up and come to this knowledge and begin to overcome it, and then we begin to think differently, we uh, we began to realize that no problem. We can walk through their midst unfettered, unharmed, and unchanged. What are their strong points? Once you understand them, you apply those strong points. Now, if they attra- uh, attack you on a strong point, they're attacking the wealth of the whole, and the wealth of the whole is going to rise up against them. So you use their weapons against them. You walk in the midst and, and uh, among them. I mean, oh, listen, beautiful, excellent. 
MJ, yeah. you've done great tonight. I got to go. It's 922. And, yeah, I got to get uh, it. I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate it, but uh, I do think if y'all want to continue on, Jim's willing to go there, and that's fine. Y'all just remember one thing now. Them people, if we don't go too long, they listen to these tapes over and over and over. We go too long, man. It takes them. It just kind of throws their world out of wiki up. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I do love you. I have enjoyed it. I'm glad Pacholi asked you the question. I'm glad you came back with these answers and preparation. And um, all the rest of you, shalom, prosper, be in health. MJ, thanks again. Thank uh, you. Jim, I'm out of here. Y'all have a good one now. Shalom. Shalom, brother. We love you now. Peace and joy and everlasting strength be unto you. All right, Jim, I, I think I'm going to follow um, uh, here. Uh, we have the daylight savings time kick in. And so here it's actually 1023 for me. So um, and I've got a busy day tomorrow myself. So uh, I'm going to jump off as well. But um, um, thank you for the opportunity to speak. And um, I just, you know, just want to express that um, I really enjoy um how I enjoy these calls, man. I really enjoy coming and being able to talk openly about things that, you know, you can't really talk about very often with many people, you know. No, I understand, brother, and you're a blessing, and, you know, we appreciate it. That's how we all learn, you know. That's why we have this call here. I mean, you know, with White Wolf and the things that he brings forth and the things that you bring forth, that's how we all can put two and two together, so to speak, and, you know, be able to grow and understand and walk in the way that we're supposed to. Well, awesome. Well, I, I'm going to I'm gonna jump off of blessings and peace upon you and everyone on the call. I didn't know who it was. I, I don't know who it was either. That is Well, I guess it's White Wolf in the background. Uh, oh, my granddaughter came in. She made a full kimono, original style kimono. Unmarried woman kimono. An unmarried woman, a virgin's kimono. It is absolutely gorgeous. That is great, brother. That, that's like, and hair down past the crack of her ass, as the fellow said. <laughs> hey, her hair is her glory, it says. I love you, Poodler. That's excellent. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Excellent. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn, I'm so blessed. <laughs> All these children are just, I mean, it's wonderful things they can do. Oh, my goodness. Hell, I got to get out of here. And look, I love you. Y'all have a good night. Shalom. Shalom, brother. We love y'all. Tell the family we said hello, okay? I'll do that. Good night. All right. Good night. Well, brother, Michael Joseph, you still in there? Well, I guess he's, I don't hear him in there. Well, folks, 
it's it's been great and wonderful call tonight, and I thank each and every one of you for coming. May Yahweh bless you, keep you in perfect divine health, and may all your dreams and desires come true that are good, good, and very good. And hope to see you next week, same time, same place. Again, this is Jim, and uh, I want to thank you all for coming. I love all y'all now. Shalom and prosper, be in perfect divine health. Good night.